0: Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. You hear that college fight, song? That means we're going to Birmingham, Alabama, to talk to Hueytown, Alabama's favorite son. That's Lynn Carver from Lindy's Magazine. And, Lynn, I've been meaning to ask you, you you, you promised our listeners you would tell us how Hueytown, you got their mascot name, you know, you never told us.
1: Yeah, Golden Gophers. um, The Minnesota Golden Gophers were, there was a time, even way before my time, so you know it was a long time ago. Uh, when Minnesota was the class of the country, uh, they won, I think, back-to-back national championships uh, in maybe like three and four or five years. Uh, they were, they were the, the, uh, the cream of the country. And uh, Hueytown started a high school um, way back a long time ago. Uh, anybody out in the, that grew up in the western section of Jefferson County, if we were to happen to have somebody in this audience, uh, that's out uh, probably 30 miles west of Birmingham. Um, went to either Oak Grove High School or Bessemer High School, and, uh, and the Hueytown was kind of in between. They started their own high school, and uh, they let the students, is, my, is what I, the legend is, what I've been told, they let the students pick the mascot, and uh, the team of the, of the uh, era uh, was Minnesota, and they're the Golden Gophers. So Hueytown High School named itself after uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So uh, I I doubt there's very many high schools in the uh, South that would have chosen to name itself after a powerful northern high school. But that's how they got their nickname, the the Hueytown Golden Gophers.
0: Well, I will tell you that I'm going to date you. That will be, for the Internet's a great thing. You're looking at Hueytown, Alabama High School, 1934, 35, and 36. The Minnesota Golden Gophers were your national champions. So that gives a little time frame of uh, the school in Hueytown. I always wanted to know that. But I tell you what, uh, Lynn, interesting. We talk about it, and we talk a lot about college baseball here in the SEC, but I must tell you, uh, and I know you cover them traveling the state extensively, but, man, I I was not predicting the South Alabama over Mississippi State that happened over in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, on that field of 64 yesterday.
1: No, absolutely. Uh, And and Mississippi State, uh, they just have such a strong offense, uh, you know, with with Rooker. In fact, how many people can have the – Arguably the best uh, offensive player in the decade, uh, and and the guy that comes up behind him in the batting order has already been a Southeastern Conference batting champion. Uh, that's a, a strong uh, lineup they put up, and for uh, South Alabama to have done that was you know very surprising. I really thought Mississippi State would win that regional, and they still might. Uh, but uh, it was a as bad as the first day was for SEC softball, uh, having eight teams in it and and. Uh, the way the the league went down so so bad at the start in softball, uh, the league had had uh, maybe its best day ever uh, in in uh, the NCAA baseball tournament yesterday. Seven out of the eight teams win their games, and uh, so so seven out of eight teams will be playing tonight in the winners bracket. And uh, I believe the 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 statistic is that only seven percent of teams that lose their first ball game uh, do to uh, make it to a Super Regional. And the team that wins the second game that stays in the in the bracket and has to lose a doubleheader, 83% of them make it. So you've got seven SEC teams playing tonight in the winner's bracket, and if they win, which they won't all win, but if they win, 83% of the time they're going to go to the Super Regional. So uh, you may have a surprisingly strong uh, Southeastern Conference showing in the Super Regionals next week, which obviously would be – you know, would be fantastic I was studying it uh, Nick you know i I love the I love college tournaments the uh that I, that's why I like I like basketball and baseball so much because it's uh I, I think it's really good when you get different teams uh, all together at one place in the conference and then when you get different teams around the country and it's it's interesting the way it does i I, I love football but uh, but I really like the way you close out the seasons in basketball and, and softball and baseball but uh, the seedings are not a, are not a science, and I, I evaluated it this morning knowing we were going to be on and, and all the results being in. Out of the 16 regions, in nine cases, the number one and the number two teams won their ball games. So that means that nine times they got the seeding right, but that means that seven times they didn't. Almost half the time, the ones in the twos, who should be the ones that are winning, uh, did not win. Six threes won the game. Three fours won the game. And in two locations, the three and the four are playing in the winner's bracket tonight. So, you know, just the the seedings are not a scientific thing any more than the uh, football recruiting rankings are are a scientific thing. So, you know, about half the time the the seeding guys got it right, but about half the time yesterday they got them wrong.
0: Well, absolutely. Talk to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine, and we'll talk everything. We'll talk some college football in just a minute, but I want to stick with baseball. And, Lynn, one thing that you and I talk about, because people that listen to our show know that you and I talk not just about the big guys, not just about the Power Five. We cover Conference USA, but you and I talk, Sunbelt, we talk every division. And i tell you, uh, you know, one thing that I really love about the college tournaments as well is that the little guy has a chance. Now, I like what the Southland Conference was able to do. Sam Houston State was a big victory over Arizona. And, you know, and, no, no, he's what's Unbelievable. You know, you've been Wayne Graham's biggest fan way back when I, I told this our listeners Thursday, April 20th, when Rice was 4 and 11. You basically told me, don't count out Wayne Graham and a Rice Owl. No, and I get in. I, I laughed at you, okay? And I'm going to learn to listen to you because the guy, the guy that has bought me lunch as many times as you have, I should learn to listen and respect my elders. But how about the Lions of Southeastern Louisiana, all over the uh, Rice Owls, twelve to six, and the Southland Conference goes two and zero at the field of sixty four. Yeah, yeah,
1: some, some just really unusual, uh, unusual things yesterday. You know, Tennessee Tech beats Florida State, uh, and the, and the way that they came back and beat Florida State they're they're down, uh, they're in the top of the ninth inning and two outs, and they score to take it to extra innings, and then they win the thing. And in, in uh, they were down, they were down one to nothing. Uh, with an out left in the game, and they win the thing in extra innings, three to one. North Carolina, uh... probably the team that felt most overlooked last year, they didn't get in the tournament, and um, and they just felt the most overlooked. They've been a, a strong team all year. They're a national seed. They're a number one seed. They're hosting the tournament, and Davidson jumped on them like they're beating up a junior high school team. It was like eight to nothing or something at one point, point uh, and and of course Southeast Louisiana, you got uh, you know a number of occasions where the the lesser team won the ball game and it's just, and and it it is the great thing to me about about tournaments i mean like in the in the uh ncaa basketball tournament where you have your uh your you know your davidsons and your butlers and your james madisons and and so on that can that can come in and and play and win hey look at the national the defending national champion in the ncaa baseball tournament right now i mean that's all you need to know about about uh, what can happen in these tournaments Hey,
0: you're exactly right. I want to tell you this. You talked about uh, this, you, and we talked on Thursday, uh, and I'm going to be a homer here. You talked about uh, Auburn. You said you didn't see them, you know, getting out of that regional. Man, it, certainly things have uh, shipped up and shaped up right for Auburn, but I want to tell you this. It is, if my memory is correct, the host institution gets to choose when they play. I, I think that's right. If that's the case, I don't like city. Uh, and if I was Florida State I would have rather played Tennessee Tech before I think sitting around takes that out of you. I, I you know, I don't know. Do they do they have a choice or do you know? I don't know that.
1: I don't know. I agree with you. If I was gonna play I'd rather go ahead and get the edge off and go ahead and play. Uh, particularly if you're the favorite team. I'd rather go ahead and get it over with. But uh, a little interesting sidelight um uh, on on this deal with uh, with Auburn and in, in, in the Florida State regional. The last time that Auburn won a game in the Florida State Regional, I, I don't know this, this, what I'm going to say here would have ever happened before. The last time Auburn won a game in the Florida State Regional, which was two three years ago, um, the starting pitcher was Cole Lipscomb. And the reliever that came in to save for him was a freshman, Keegan Thompson. Yesterday the starter was Keegan Thompson, and the guy who came in as the reliever to save the game for him was Cole Lipscomb. So they exactly reversed their positions. The last time Auburn won a game there, the reliever was the starter, and the starter was the reliever.
0: Now that's, tell a, you, that's a quirk
1: that, that's probably never heard of happening before.
0: No, no, and I'll tell you what, that is a quirk, and probably only you and now all our listeners know because you're great and keep up with things like that. But I'll tell you this, and I'm looking at my copy of Lindy's, magazine that you gave me, the Southeastern Edition, and I always make a point to tell our listeners that it's not the Southeastern Conference Edition if you're a fan of ULF, you're a fan of Louisiana Tech. This is the one you want, although I'm, I'm, I need to go out and get the National Edition as well, so I really enjoy reading both magazines. But, I tell, and here's to show you how timing is. Normally, every year for the past 16 years, I have been on Santa Rosa Island, Pensacola Beach, during this week. And I have told... My wife said, if Auburn ever gets to Tallahassee Regional again, I almost went when Troy was there a few years ago, Bobby Pierce, and uh, I the Troy team. And here it is now, but that's what that's what kids will do to you have one playing baseball and one at cheer camp. So I'm at home, and this was the year, and I would have been able to make it to Tallahassee because, A, Auburn made the Tallahassee Regional. B, I've already got my copies of Lindy's but I'm up in North Louisiana and not on the beaches of Santa Rosa Island. So just wasn't meant to be to go see that, but the great thing with TV and watch ESPN, you can see all of those. Now let's talk about this uh, great magazine that all our listeners need to uh, go out and pick up. In fact, was on a baseball field last night, Linda the umpire said, hey, Lindy's is out. I got to go pick up my copy. I'm ready to read about the Mac. So I mean, love, you know, we, we've got a lot of uh, loyal uh, Lindy's customers here in North Louisiana.
1: Great. Yeah, magazine's out and it's already getting great response. Uh the NFL edition hits uh, hits newsstands supposed to this week. So uh in the in the footprint when you are the New Orleans Saints uh cover edition of the NFL should be hitting as uh, should be hitting as well. Yeah, we we're, we're already getting very really good response on on this and uh you know, but but we'll we'll see uh whether or not we're right. I mean, we pick we pick a really good season for the Southeastern Conference, pick Alabama to win it again. Uh that's really sticking your neck out, isn't it? And, yeah, um, yeah
0: you really way to go out on a limb, Leon.
1: I mean yeah I we're really of... really sacrificing ourselves on that one the uh, you know if we if we're right uh, you know the the, the three biggest uh, competitors for Alabama is gonna be LSU Auburn and Georgia and uh, those on paper those four look like the best teams um, Alabama's very strong they you know but Alabama lost the Alabama lost a lot on defense. Now I know that they, you know, you say okay, they have the best recruiting class every year, so they're bringing in, the, they reload with, with uh, uh, at least a more talented group, and that's the truth. But uh, a freshman's still a freshman. Uh, a redshirt freshman still hasn't played in a college football game. And uh, Alabama starts with Florida State, the team that we got the number four team in the country, and they're very good. And um, you know, and they they do have a returning quarterback like Alabama does, and they do got good receivers like Alabama does, uh, and they were a strong defensive team. Uh, they've got, in fact, they've got a couple of guys that are on our All-American team, All-American defense team, Florida State. So it's not a slam dunk that they're going to win that one. Uh, we call it Alabama's bookend. they got Florida State on the front end, and Auburn on the back end, and, um, and Auburn just, you know, Auburn may surprise some people. They're a very good football team. And I don't know they'll go up to Clemson and win, but it's not a guarantee they'll go up to Clemson and lose. And uh, you're going to know a lot right off the bat about uh, about a lot of teams. Uh, Florida, uh, their entire picture changed yesterday when Zaire came uh, came in from uh, from Notre Dame. Uh, Felipe Frank, uh, you know, looked good in the spring, but he was still a, a guy coming in without experience. Uh, and Del Rio coming off the injury, uh, for them to bring in Malik Zaire, I guess that's how you pronounce his name from Notre Dame. That's correct. That that just puts a totally different picture on Florida. They're down their, – their situation – yeah, they've won They've won the last two SEC Eastern Division championships, but with all due respect to the Gator fans that might be in the audience, they've backed into them. They've won, they've won it because they played in the East and because of their schedule. You know, they haven't – they play LSU every year, and they generally lose uh, when they do that. Uh, they don't play A&M. They don't play Alabama. They don't play Auburn. They uh, – you know, the teams that have, that have been the ones uh, that have been higher up in the, in, in the division, they haven't played um, – they play Florida State as their as their big non-conference game every year, and they and they generally lose. Uh, and, and had they played in the Western Division or had they played, you know, the, that's why they got in. Really, the same reason Missouri got in a couple of years. And and you see how the the Eastern Division teams have done uh, in going up against Alabama and Auburn, who have been playing in the in the uh, in the championship game. Uh, but this could this could be the thing that ignites the Florida offense and. I don't. I don't think we would have changed our prediction. I think we would have still picked Georgia to win the East. But if 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 Zaire is as good as he could be, um, this could change a little bit the perspective of the East. It being quite as big a slam dunk for um, for Georgia. I, I still go with Georgia. I like I like Georgia a lot. But then I like Tennessee a lot last year, and you see what that did to me.
0: Yeah, so, I'm I not we'll just for a minute though, because if I'm if I'm Kirby Smart, if I'm I, if I'm Will Muschamp, I'm going to be a little bit upset at my university president because Malik Zaire should have never been able to land at up, because the SEC actually tweaked a graduate transfer policy. that, uh, and, and here's what they have. They have a restriction. You get on probation for uh, getting one of these graduate transfers in if you bring in a graduate transfer and they fail to meet the academic requirements you basically get on probation of bringing another one in. So let me give you an example. So let's say Lynn Scarborough uh, graduates uh, from Notre Dame and wants to come to Auburn and play football. If Lynn Scarborough goes out on the nightlife and he fails to meet the academic standards, then Auburn is given a penalty of bringing in another graduate transfer right away. Well, if that was the case for Jim McElwain, they were actually on probation because two, player, two graduate transfers they brought in Anthony Harrell, and Mason Halter failed to meet the academic requirements when they transferred in it to 2015. Now, the SEC is the only conference with that type of of uh, penalties whatsoever, punitive system. But they lowered the penalty to one year, which they've already now met. So, therefore, Malik Zaire was able to transfer to Florida. I think I'd be a little upset, but, I mean, there's a the case. I guess take advantage of it. Go out and, and get you a, another player. But that's the only thing I didn't like about the Malik Zaire transfer to Florida simply because this rule was in place and then they tweaked it. Well, you can look at it two
1: ways. You can look at, look at it and say you shouldn't change the rule. Uh, you don't change horses in the middle of the stream. And you don't change the rule that will benefit one school. So you can look at it that way. On the other hand, if, if the SEC is the only conference, that has that rule, then are you tying the hands of your conference members, uh, letting other conferences be, uh, have, have a competitive advantage because they're, they're not held by the same restrictions? So should, should you uh, allow, your, uh, allow your teams to be operating under the same rules? So, that, you know, there's, a, there's an argument on both sides of it, and I don't really know enough about it to have an opinion on this yet. But, but I, could, I could make a case uh, either way right there.
0: Yeah, and, I, and certainly uh, that's one to watch. And i got several things to say. First of all, the donut man said to tell you, hello, he, he doesn't miss coming on and visiting with me or eating a pillowy fluff They like donuts. He misses talking to Lynn Scarborough. He said that you two should meet. And by the way, when I told you he was out racing the other day, when you no. asked about him, he wanted to let you know that he, he won that race. And he wants to know about his Mississippi State Bulldogs. He says he thinks they've got the best quarterback in the league, but then again I'll have to tell him, about the transfer from Baylor that showed up on the plane. Well,
1: I, I think based on what happened last year, I think he's right. Well, we got what, what, uh, we what, got what, Fitzgerald. What, what, wait the, a
0: minute! Wait a minute! You know what? I, I'm really seriously considering this. Lynn takes you to ten. You now agree with the Donut Man? The last two times I've asked you a question. Well, I mean, yo, like what
1: what's the old thing about a, a a blind squirrel occasionally finds an acorn? So you know, maybe this is maybe this is Donut Man's blind squirrel experience. He's on a hot streak. So I, I don't know what the, what the, the, the uh, blind hog finds the corn or whatever the, whatever the thing is. I think he's right on that. Uh, yeah, I, we, we've, we've got Fitzgerald, the, the second-string All-SEC quarterback in the magazine that you have there, uh, behind Jalen Hurts, uh, but that's really because of the supporting cast. Uh, we don't think Mississippi State's going to be a championship contender this year, but that's not going to be because they don't have a quarterback. Um, I think if, if Fitzgerald had the supporting cast – that, uh, that Alabama's got, and, and probably several other teams have got, that, uh, that we would have had him as the first-team All-SEC quarterback. And if he performed as well as he did last at the at the you know, second half of last season, uh, he'd be a Heisman Trophy contender on, on some teams. Now, I'm not saying that he's – you mentioned Stidham at Auburn. Uh, it's very possible by the end of the year, Stidham is going to be the top quarterback in the SEC. Uh, he's got a strong supporting cast. he got a good defense. They've got the two good running backs, uh, and they've got uh, – They've really got a, a a well-kept secret in the uh, talent level that they got at wide receiver. They've got several four and five-star wide receivers that, that didn't get a chance to show it last year because they didn't have a quarterback that didn't get the ball to them. And so that could that could uh, open up too. But I gotta I gotta agree with him. If I if I were voting just on straight straight talent based on what I've seen uh, on the field uh, in the SEC, I front think probably Fitzgerald's the best quarterback. Uh, and I know Alabama uh, yeah. people but won't like that because of Jalen Hurts. But.
0: The next time I make it to Birmingham and we go to Full Moon Barbecue, I'll let the donut man buy you your fried green tomatoes because I'm pulling out of this equation. Well, bring, you,
1: bring him up with you to, uh, are you coming to the SEC uh, media uh, event?
0: Lynn, does a, I mean, uh, does a big bear, well, yeah. Well, that's what
1: there. I'm saying. They Bring him, tell him to come with you. And, uh, and we'll, go, we'll go have lunch. I will be there this year. No, no um, you won't, our, man. You well, but leave yeah. the
0: country. To avoid going to lunch with me, you leave the country when I come to well, Birmingham. Actually, I've I'm, come to I'm, Birmingham eight times, and you've left. No,
1: Yeah, well, I'm coming back this time just to do that. Uh, our, our mission team leaves for Ukraine. We'll fly out of the United States on June the 30th. Uh, we get back in on Sunday night, uh, the 9th. We'll be flying, we'll, we'll leave uh, during the middle of the night from over in Ukraine and uh, come back through Paris and, and some U.S. destination, get into Birmingham late on, uh, on Sunday night. I'll be the one walking like a zombie down Radio Row on, the, on Monday morning, but I'll, uh, I'll see you there in a coma on, uh, on Monday morning. So tell Donut, man, if he wants to come have lunch with us, uh, to come on over to Birmingham.
0: Well, I tell you what, you know, I want you to talk about that for just a minute. I got several questions I need to, to ask you, too. We're still Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. Talk about your mission work just a minute because we usually do that once a year. We haven't done that. And by the way, my brother really wants to go with you, but I value our friendship too much to send my brother to the Ukraine with you. <laughs>
1: hey, I, I, you tell him anytime he wants to go, I got a seat for him on the airplane.
0: Yeah, no, we've been, no. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll make this kind of quick. We can talk no. more about it closer to the time when we leave. Uh, we've had the privilege to be working over there for over 20 years, uh, and and we work with uh, with uh, orphanages and and uh, uh, children's programs, uh, community centers, uh, community programs, churches, uh, and uh, that is a that's a uh, a country that's in real need right now because they've got uh, the the far eastern part of that country has been invaded by the Russian terrorists, and uh, and has taken part of the country there. Uh, we have conducted uh, a number of uh, Christian basketball clinics over there. Uh, our, our group uh, renovated a basketball gymnasium a number of years ago at, a, at one of the larger orphanages in, uh, in eastern Ukraine. Um, we, you know, A number of years ago, as, as you know, we conducted an American football uh, coaching clinic over there. Uh, they have a, a league, the Ukrainian League of American Football, the ULAF, um, and it's unfortunately uh, the two towns, uh, Donetsk, which is in the far eastern part of, of Ukraine, over near the Russian border, was the headquarters for it. Uh, that's the city in which we conducted the camp. Uh, that, that city is now occupied by the Russian terrorists. Um, we started a team in Lugansk, Ukraine, a, uh, a coal mining town of about 300,000. We started the Lugansk Panthers and sent equipment over there and started that team. Lugansk is now occupied by the Russian terrorists. And um, so this is a country in, in real need. Uh, this year we'll be uh, doing some construction on the back of a church that is uh, that is helping the refugees that have been uh, sent out of that area because of the uh, invasion, uh, and we'll be doing two uh, children's uh, athletic camps uh, uh, at a, at an orphanage and in a community center area. We got about 22 people going with us, and uh, and I'd be anybody ever wants to know anything about what we do, I'd be happy to talk to them about it. And I, I appreciate you bringing it up.
0: Well, hey, you're certainly welcome. And as I'm talking about needs, I want to go real quick. Um, how odd is it that uh, Alabama didn't uh, waste any time finding a new baseball coach and they went to Auburn? And how odd is it that he's still coaching with the Tigers? I meant to ask you that Thursday, and I meant to ask you that during the baseball situation. We talked about the baseball segment, and I did not. How, uh, how strange is that?
1: Well, I mean, Bo is a good coach. I mean, I, I, you've got to give them I, – I have talked to some Alabama – a fan since this broke you know they so ago, and they're saying oh yeah we hired that kentucky coach and because they're not they're they're, they're saying oh, we don't want to hire an, alabama, an auburn coach no more than auburn people want to hire alabama coaches however uh Hannon's a good coach that's a, that's a good hire for alabama and um and right, he, now he's, he's a good recruiter and he's he's had a a couple of years now in the auburn system knowing the alabama coaches so that's going to that's going to end up being a good hire for them i believe
0: all right, I'm going through, and I've got okay. There it is. I found it. Uh, I finally found it. So in the southeastern edition, we do have the predictions of the conference uh, race. Do we have the? And I'm still looking. I've I've read most of it, but uh, the top ten, you've got them picked. Do we pick the conference USA in some belt? Or I need to pick up the national edition for that.
1: The uh, national edition has that. Okay. But I don't have I don't have it in front of me, Nick. So I don't remember who we picked. Be honest with you. And, and, and but the the national edition has. The uh, conference predictions for for not only for the uh, the, the group of five, uh, but also we we pick all the conferences in uh, in division uh, in the FCS, the FBS, Division two, Division three. Uh, we cover we cover uh, if if you're a college football fan, chances are we got something about your team in there, regardless of what level they play at.
0: All right, well we've done it again, Lynn. Take you ten next week. Remind me, Lynn. I want to ask you about the coaching carousels, and you've got either each hire you. Lindy's picked five. I want to ask how we did that. Uh, Lindy's top five higher. I want to talk about that next week on the show. All
1: right, let me say one quick thing. In one hour, uh, 11 o'clock, Texas A&M comes on TV against UCLA in the softball championship. If, if Texas A&M knocks them off, there are three teams left on that side of the division, and all three of them are SEC teams. So uh, that uh, that will guarantee an SEC team in the uh, finals of the college softball World Series, if you if Texas A M wins that game over UCLA, coming on in about an hour, I believe on ESPN.
0: Hey, Lynn, as always, enjoy talking to you, and you take the ten. You have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week.
1: Okay. And-